This is a CBC podcast. I want you to think about when you were a kid. Did you have a toy that you were just obsessed with? You brought it everywhere, you never put it down. For Montrealer Leslie Bedell, when he was six years old, that toy was a miniature plastic skateboard, a fingerboard. This fingerboard came from a McDonald's Happy Meal. And uh, so it was plastic with a little character printed on the front. And I actually called my mom before this and she told me that I would play with this for hours. And she said that she always knew when I was playing with it because it made a very distinctive click, click, clicking noise. If you were also a kid in the aughts, you probably know about fingerboards. But if you don't, the quick explanation is that you ride the miniature skateboard with your fingers and you make a jump and do tricks. And I would be making ramps out of books in my room with like pencils as rails. And uh, she also said that it got me through many long road trips on the 401. So I would be in the back seat kind of like grinding the back of the chair and, and pretending that I was like on a skating adventure. Eventually, Leslie moved on from his fingerboard phase and got into skateboarding and longboarding. And that might have been the end of it. But then he moved to Rosemont, not far from the Descarrières path that runs along the railway tracks near Masson Street. Hey, and he you? made a discovery. A yes, it gets slippery along here. <laughs> and it's this discovery that has us both here in the middle of winter trying not to face plant on the ice. Some enterprising Montrealers have built a whole miniature skate park for fingerboards, complete with half pipes, bowls, and rails. It's incredibly detailed. There are little stickers, little graffiti all over it. There's a miniature lawn. They've even used a rail spike as a rail, so kind of using the local materials. Here we have like little brick texture to make like a rail, and they've used cement to carve bowls out and I could just tell that so much thought went into it and also into the location, like just being beside this rail path and the train, it just makes so much sense. Um, as you may know, there's also a full-size skate park at the other end of the rail path, so it just kind of made sense that this would be here. And seeing all the craftsmanship and the passion that went into it, Leslie has a few questions. I was curious when I saw it, like, who made it or was it a group of friends that made it? I really wanted to know more about like how they designed it and if they've ever had events here. It just seemed like a really kind of cool spot. Hi, I'm Ainsley McClellan, and this is Good Question Montreal. And I have to say, when this question came in from Leslie, I kind of geeked out. Not because I know anything about fingerboards, I kind of missed out on this trend, but I love mysteries and I love wondering, who are these folks out there in the shadows crafting tiny skateboard ramps? What would inspire somebody to do this? There's just something so fascinating about miniature worlds, especially ones that people just put out there for everyone else to discover. To answer Leslie's question, I started searching for any clues that I could find online. I found a Reddit thread that mentioned a mini skate park in this area of Rosemont. The photos of the ramps and the graffiti matched. Someone in the comments mentioned the names Fingerben and Camel Pro. They said they were the brains behind the operation. I was on to something here. But I didn't need to go too far to unravel this mystery. The answer was closer than I thought. The call was coming from inside the house. I'm just going to get you to introduce okay. yourself. Tell us who you are. So I'm Fen Mays. I do social media right now for CBC Indigenous, but uh, last year I was working for CBC Montreal. 
And you put a video together about this, yeah? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I put a little video together. I was talking to a friend about how I'm into fingerboard, and he told me, yeah, there's a place on the Carrière Cycle Path. Uh, I was zipping by on my bike, and I see this guy out of the corner of my eye dusting off these concrete blocks. So I slammed on the brakes, did a donut, circled back, and I was like, sussing it out. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And I, I saw that there were all these little miniature arcades and ramps and even like miniature graffiti on, on, on these blocks. And uh, yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm doing fingerboarding. And basically he told me that him and a you know bunch of other fingerboard enthusiasts uh, were creating this park so that they could, you know, come on weekends and add to it, work on tricks and all that. So yeah. That guy, Lucien Robitaille, put Fenn in touch with Philippe Bourguignon of Camel Pro, a Montreal company that manufactures and sells custom fingerboards, ramps, and other accessories. Philippe and a bunch of friends, they're the ones who built it. It just delights me to think that people are walking by and, like me, they're like, what? What is that? What's going on over there? They get pulled into this, like, miniature world that is so creative, so collaborative, and just like right there in the public. Like this guy has trans, well, these guys have transformed this concrete block into something really special. They really put so much into all that fine detail. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to find out more about that, I think, that part. Well, I think if you, uh, if, if you call it Philippe, last I heard is he's working on, they're, they're working on more projects. So I, I'm curious too, what, what's going on with them now, you know, just over a year later. We'll have to check that out. Ben, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, Ainsley. So it turns out I got the genre of this story wrong. This is not a mystery. It's more of a heartwarming action-adventure buddy comedy. A story about friends with a passion who want to share it with the world. <laughs> and like with a lot of passion projects, this one involves a couple of dudes in a basement on their grind. In this case, it's the basement of the Cocooning Cafe on Mount Royal Avenue on the Plateau. Philippe Bourguignon's partner runs the cafe upstairs. His friend Ben Zulac is practicing a few tricks. Basic tricks like grinds, smith grinds. All tricks are based around the skate, uh, real skateboard tricks. And the mini skate park that's set up here on a huge table in the basement is based on a real park. Philippe's latest creation, a replica of Montreal's Peace Park. That was... I can do something like a local a sketch, a sketch spot, and Peace Park is the, the iconic one. If you don't know Peace Park, it's a public square on Saint Laurent, just above René Lévesque, and it's bordered by a low wall and a staircase, loved by skateboarders, even if it wasn't originally designed as a skate park. David Boutier has been skateboarding in Place de la Paix for 20 years, and he has the tickets to prove it. Here's a skateboarding ticket for $620. About a decade ago, skateboarder Dave Boots Boutillier fought to legalize skateboarding in this spot. And his efforts finally paid off at city council this week. Philippe is a longtime skateboarder, so his fingerboard version of Peace Park is a bit of an homage. And I got some plan to make a video at Peace Park with the Peace Park, because I, I know David Boutillier. Uh, I will do a video this summer with David with the Peace Park on the Peace Park, and it's going to be epic. 
The Mini Peace Park is in the basement for now, but a lot of these creations are meant to be shared with the public. That skate park on the rail path that Leslie and Fenn came across, it's actually the second DIY park that Philippe, Ben, and their friends built along that path in the same area. Why? Well, it was about capturing a bit of that renegade skateboard spirit. When we started, we were like, maybe the, the, the city would just destroy it because it's like kind of illegal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of things like guerrilla gardening or like people who put knit things around poles or like yeah. things like it's, it's like public art. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. That's how I see it. It's uh, it's a public sculpture, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what we say to policemen. <laughs> it's been more than a year and a half now since they've built that second park, so they're hoping that means they're here to stay. Ben explains it's about doing something fun and creative in a public space and giving others license to use their creativity too. Like me and Phil started, we built maybe like four or five obstacles with uh, two of our friends, Gael and Metsis. Uh, at the beginning, people were like kind of feeling like, hey, I want to build on it, but I, I, I feel wrong doing it. And... We wanted to break that, like, no, 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 just bring your concrete and build stuff on it. Don't worry about if it's ugly. If it's ugly, we're just going to build something over it, you know? It made the part that we have today. For Philippe, part of the appeal of building these skate parks is the attention to detail, recreating the slope and the pitch and angles and materials of real-world skateboarding equipment as faithfully as possible while still making it fun to use. And these aren't little plastic toys. The fingerboards that Camel Pro manufactures are made with pressed layers of wood. They look and feel exactly like a real skateboard, just tiny. You, you just slam in your, your wood with the glue and put it in your press. Uh, like, like a real skateboarder, I started to make some skateboard too, uh, two years ago. And it's, exactly, it's the exact same way to make some wooden fingerboard too. So it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Fingerboarding is also a way to recapture that feeling of landing the skateboard tricks that he used to do without the wear and tear on his joints. <laughs> my legs don't want to do it, but my finger, no problem. If I crash, I'm fine. Right now I'm 35. My knee is starting to be, you know, trash. So I, saving yourself from injury yeah, by I'm skateboarding. just I'm skateboarding, but I, I'm not like when I was 20, you know. <laughs> None of us are. For Ben, fingerboarding came before skateboarding. It was something that he picked up as a kid and he couldn't put down. So you had those uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, Tech Deck Edition. So I, I literally was seeing like, oh, this is from the video game playing at home. And that's how I got basically my first fingerboard. Uh, to be real, I think it was uh, when I was young, I was kind of on the chubby side and I wasn't the most athletic person, but I was super obsessed with all the skateboard community. So it was kind of a way for me to recycle my passion for skateboarding and uh, to, to have an outlet for it. Yeah. That's like a classic sound or when you do blunts. There's also that community aspect That's that is super great. In fingerboarding, I really found that uh, that praise for just small, small little things, and I really liked it. The online community in Quebec has grown over more than a decade from a couple of dozen to a couple of thousand members. Ben and Philippe have both organized editions of a yearly event called Finger Sesh Montreal, where they've had well over 100 people getting together to try out new tricks and new gear. And Ben says another event organized by a friend of his in Quebec City caught the attention of some big international names. He had Mike Schneider, 
who came to his event. Mike Schneider is like the Tony Hawk of fingerboarding. So yeah, we had the, the fingerboard celebrity came and it, it, it kind of like um, made us serious. Like, hey, in Quebec, we, we do big stuff and the, the big guys are coming to see us, to see what we're doing. Philippe and Ben want to continue to help grow the scene in Montreal. Philippe is hoping that the basement of the cafe could become a workshop where they can hold meetups. He's interested in starting a library where people can rent out fingerboard equipment. So um, I think it's going to be something like unique because nobody do that and you can just rent go into your house play with it as you as you want and just bringing back film your video with it yeah. <laughs> okay. he hopes that will make the hobby more accessible to people who just want to try it out without committing to buying a lot of equipment and ben says those diy parks they've really helped build interest too I really see like a shift into the community. Like people are really going to the spot. They're meeting each other. They're developing friendships. And it, it really creates like a, a central space for fingerboarders to meet other fingerboarders. All right, the plan today is to build things. Ben's made a few videos about the parks on his YouTube channel. You can find him under Finger Ben. He's got more than 9,000 followers there and a few sponsors, including Philippe and Camel Pro. Honestly, go check out these videos if you want to get what this is all about. So much of what he does seems to defy gravity. The board seems like it's glued to his fingers as he lifts it off the ground. It spins in the air before he captures it and he sticks the landing. If you've never done this before, you might think, how hard could that be? And the answer is very. It can take you up to two weeks to pop an actual holly. So you have to make your brain... Uh, create nerves, <laughs> literally, that makes that movement. So you don't have it in yourself uh, naturally, so you have to develop it. What's the secret? Practice. <laughs> like when you start fingerboarding, the hardest trick is to actually not feel ridiculous doing it. <laughs> That's the, the, if you can overcome the, the, that feeling of not going anywhere, you're made for fingerboarding. On that note, I had to give it a try. I picked up one of Philippe's custom fingerboards. I started rolling it around the edges of the mini peace park. My instinct was to put three fingers on the board with my middle finger resting in the middle, which I'm told is like the equivalent of using training wheels. So I adjusted my grip to try to get the real feel for it. I couldn't pull off an ollie, obviously, but Ben suggested I try something a little bit closer to my skill set, a nose stall on a half pipe. I mean, you can hear how that went. It's entirely genuine. It was a lot of fun, and it does help that I had a supportive audience. Like Ben said, that's what the fingerboarding community is like. They hype each other up. So that's the answer, folks. If you come across a miniature skate park along the Descarrières railway path, know that it was built with love, and it's there for you to enjoy if you want to try your hand at a sweet fingerboard sesh. It's a good reminder to keep our eyes peeled for those little ways that people find to make their neighborhoods a little quirkier, a little more creative, and a whole lot cooler. And maybe it's also a reminder to take delight in the little things that you love, or to take up something that you used to love. Okay. Oh, yeah. In that spirit, so, I had one okay, last thing to do. Uh, Leslie, this is Ben and Phil, who are behind the skate park that you found. Okay, sweet. Really cool to meet you guys. 
I was I was telling Ainsley I was embarrassed to admit that my first tech deck was the McDonald's one that came in the Happy Meal. I don't yeah. know if you, if you know it, but it, it worked. But it was like all plastic. I personally plastic. believe that uh, figureboard equipment is kind of like music equipment. It's not about yeah. like the, the prestige of the instrument or the fingerboard. It's about how you use it. It got me the ollie, and yeah, I was, I was shredding books in my room when I was a kid. So <laughs> it was cool. I, it was awesome to see the park and and uh, your boards too. I have a question for you, Leslie. Seeing the fingerboard park, uh, did it bring back the fingerboarder in you? I think so. I took a stick and I was like trying to ride around on it. So yeah, I, if you guys ever want to meet up, I could try. I could try yeah, the park. Sure. Oh I mean, yeah, right man, we need to hook you up with a good fingerboard or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're making friends and making memories here, in Montreal. Big thanks to Leslie Bedell for asking this question and giving us the excuse to delve into this world and to Philippe Bourguignon and Ben Dulac for sharing it. Thanks as well to CBC social media editor Fan Mays for kickstarting our answer to this question. Good Question Montreal is produced by Sarah Dubray with story editing help and sound design by Craig Dessen. I'm Ainsley McClellan. Thanks for asking. Talk to you later. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.